Welcome to another edition of Radical Love Live. I'm Mark Delcom, and I'm here with my co-creator, Kelly Wilson. So, Kelly, we've recorded uh, several editions so far in which we've talked about why there's a need for a show like this. So, well, I think maybe it's time for us to start digging down into more of the details of what the first episode's going to be all about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The topic of the first episode that's going to happen at the cathedral, it's the first live event, is around crisis and change. There have been a number of studies done where we talk with people in the United States, and there have even been studies around the world about the decline in religious affiliation. This whole notion of traditional religious and spiritual institutions, losing members, people not going or or not being interested in those institutions, mm-hmm. people leaving, and the growth of people who claim no religious affiliation, there's something there that is that's really driving us to talk to those folks and to talk about spirituality and the possibilities of spirituality in that context. Right, right. So, you know, Kelly, you've spent quite a bit of time writing about this. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. As a reporter, doing some uh, in-depth analysis on this, you've had access to research, other types of information that backs this up. You want to talk about that a little bit? There was a landmark study done in 2014. Pew Research did a study of the religious landscape. Yeah. And one of the big findings there was not only that people claiming Christian affiliation in the United States was dropping and dropping drastically. As a total, it was about 65% of the population. But if you look at it denomination by denomination, each group is shrinking. Even the group that's shrinking the, the slowest, which is Southern Baptist yeah. and evangelical groups, yeah. within the, the margin of error are still not even growing as fast as the population itself. Uh, Well, one of the other findings from that study is that the group that claimed no religious affiliation was growing had gotten all the way up to 26% of the population, and that's up from 17% just five years earlier. Wow. And when you think about 300 million people in the United States, that's a pretty big number. Right, right. After that, there were a number of studies that were done looking at what is happening to see if there are a specific demographic group or if there are specific motivations that are driving people to not want to be part of religious mm-hmm. institutions. Okay. Do tell more. Do you have more information on I that? Do, I do. I do. All right. Well, one of the things that Pew Research found, and other research has, has backed this up, is that the growth of this group of nuns, yeah. uh, which are the people who, when you ask them what their religious affiliation is, they check off none. Are these nuns in habits? Their <laughs> habit is growing. Oh, okay. Um, or these but, are yeah. nuns, the N-O-N-E-S. Yeah, the yes. N-O-N-E-S. <laughs> It's growing across demographic groups. So among white people, black people, Hispanic people, it's the same between men and women in all regions of the country, and surprisingly among different education levels. One of the narratives is, oh, education is indoctrinating people and taking them away from their religious beliefs. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's turning out that among people who are college educated and people with less education, that this growth is still happening. So there's got to be something else at work. However, when they did dig into some of the reasons, started asking people, well, why do you make the religious choices that you make? Um, That among the religious affiliated, that words like science, common sense, logic did come up, that people were just having a conflict with 
the doctrine that they were hearing with what they understood to be scientific fact or even just logic and common sense. One of the things that I heard, I worked on an interview series for Episcopal Cafe magazine where we were talking specifically to people who had been in evangelical backgrounds and were moving to liturgical worship. I mean, it was a kind of a narrower subset than what Pew was looking at. But this is in line with some of the reasons that I heard that people were saying specifically that whenever they expressed doubt or questions about doctrine, that that's when they felt the most unwelcome in spaces where they had previously felt welcome, even though they were part of the community, that that was sort of the deal breaker. So what were they doing? Holding back on their sharing their, what was going on inside, what they felt or what they thought? One of the people I was was grateful to to talk to in the series was um, Rachel Held Evans. We had an interview with her after she wrote Searching for Sunday. And that whole book is about that experience, about that love of community and looking for community, but not being able to express doubt and questions, even even just admit that you're sitting in a service, uh, you know, an Easter service and saying, I'm being asked to believe a lot of supernatural stuff here. Some days I do, some days I don't. We have to have room for that. Yes, yes. Throughout the, the Hebrew Bible, you look at the Psalms, there are places where doubt is expressed. And you look in the the New Testament, you look in other traditions, there are places where this ambiguity about what's certain and what's not, there has to be a a release valve for that or else the relationship's not going to work. But to get back to the discussion about the people leaving or not being, not feeling welcome Mm -hmm. in institutional spaces, um, there are actually a number of reasons that they listed in addition to this kind of intellectual reasoning. Okay. Um, so they talked about some of the images that they have about organized religion itself, particularly younger people were having a problem with hierarchical systems that churches were looking like businesses, particularly in the, the way that they organize things, the way that they use money, rather than a kind of more equal system where, you know, we're all equal, we're all kind of managing things together, right. might be more appealing. They also cited some very specific issues in the news about uh, clergy abuse, about things that were really, really throwing them in trying to create a relationship with institutional religion. Right. And then the way that certain demographic groups were treated, that there was a, a going down the list, the way that churches dealt with LGBTQ people. They talk about the way that churches had attitudes about women, particularly women in positions of power, that uh, there was systemic racism. Sure. Um, hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. That was listed by name in, mm. in the studies. What kind of research have you done on other faith traditions and what have you found? I haven't done as much research in other traditions as the data on Christianity. Um, in the United States, other major non-Christian traditions have maintained their numbers or maybe a little bit of an uptick. But uh, Pew Research also did a survey of adults in 106 other countries. Among people who are under 40, numbers are declining among all religions all over the world. Wow. Um, not so much in older people who are kind of maintaining traditions, sure. but in this whole this new generation, there were a couple of 
areas, just a few areas where they found an uptick in religious affiliation among young people. And each of those places, interestingly enough, had recently undergone some kind of violent conflict. Wow. Okay. There's some kind of relationship between kind of immediate crisis and it sort of goes along the lines of some of the thinking about whether materialism and comfort and prosperity sort of take the place of spirituality or people paying attention to other things or if they're just simply other issues that are not relevant. Do you think also the under 40 population feel comfortable questioning God, the divine spirituality, unlike even for you and I, it's not like we're super old, but uh, we <laughs> we were raised in the uh, the 70s and 80s to where it still was not okay to question God. No, no, it, it wasn't. I don't think that actual faith can be communicated through, here's an idea, I'm just going to teach it to you. I think for everybody, they have to have a moment or a series of moments or a journey that shows them this is what their truth is. Don't we have to have our own experiences and our own journey and know it's okay? Things do not get broken in that sense, and that only through exploration do we deepen our own spirituality? Absolutely. If we find one? Uh, I mean, these are not things that we're going to address in a a 15-minute podcast. No, we sure aren't. Hence the reason why we created uh, Radical Love Live, to explore these very conversations and go deep, go wide where appropriate as well in an open space. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the drivers of the narrative that we're going to follow through this first season. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let's uh, do a quick plug for the live event here. So episode one, as we're calling it, will be uh, the topic point is uh, crisis and change. That's going to happen on Sunday, January 26th at the Cathedral of St. John the Divine, 7 p.m. And we invite everybody to be there. We're excited about this. Go to our website at radicallove.live. Read more about this. We'll uh, have a spot at the top there where you can uh, sign up and get tickets. It will be free admission, absolutely. So the first episode will be crisis and change. And then February, it'll be hunger and curiosity. March's topics are going to be uncertainty and ambiguity. April's topic will be inclusion and diversity. May is going to be about inner spirituality and coexisting. And then we're going to cap off our first season with anger and love. We're super excited about what we're doing. Again, it's not that we're coming at it like we know what the conversation should be. We're opening up the space to have these kinds of conversations and everybody's welcome into it. A number of speakers and thinkers and musicians and people who are practicing different forms of spirituality are going to join us yeah, so that yeah. it's not it's not just two guys talking about their own <laughs> beliefs, uh, but creating a platform where we're inviting a lot of those conversations that people aren't having but really need to have. Absolutely. Again, you know, we hope you can join us on uh, January 26th. Now, this one will not be live streamed, so you have to be at the cathedral if you want to be there live. We'll put it up after we're finished. The ones in the future will be live streamed, but we need uh, folks to, uh, to be there on January 26th. And if you're interested in helping support this program, if you like what you're hearing, if you 
go to our website. There are opportunities there to be able to contribute in a material way. There are some links to websites where you can uh, contribute with checking, savings, credit card. And there's also a contact forum where you can find ways to contribute with your time by uh, opportunities to volunteer. We now have Instagram feed, we have Facebook page. There are ways to get involved there and share the word about this program with your friends and family. Yeah, we're we're on a, we're on a great path here. Every time that Kelly and I talk to folks about what we're doing with Radical Love Live, we're humbled by the excitement. And it's not because of Kelly and I are so awesome. It's about the concept and what we're doing here. That's what's so awesome about that. But it is a community effort, both financially and on a volunteer basis. So we want you to be a part of that. So Kelly, let's go back just to uh, the first episode again, crisis and change. What other things would we want to to leave folks with a thought or two, something to think about. Well, one of the things about uh, the live series that's a little bit different than the, the podcast is that it's a mix of discussion and music and practice. So it's a fuller sensory experience. Yes, a lot of these truths can't just be addressed intellectually, that sometimes it goes beyond the realm of the intellect where you get into those sort of liminal spaces when Mm -hmm. you're talking about music and contemplation. Those are important as well. We are inviting some awesome speakers, though, for people who want that intellectual experience, as well as some some awesome music and, and ways to engage with these ideas. All right. Well, join us on January 26th, 2020, 7 p.m. It's uh, the fourth Sunday there at the Cathedral of St. John the Divine in Uptown Manhattan, Amsterdam Avenue and 112th Street. It'll be a great experience. Check us out on our website at RadicalLove.Live. See what we're up to there as well. Let's get the word out there. So, Kelly, thank you very much for your time. Great conversation today. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark.